Hey, this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. Uh, somehow, oh, the Exodus verse comes to mind. Uh, just the power of God. I can't because I can't, it's a different sermon. I can't, I can't preach the whole thing, but it's just how God initiated for His people a deliverance to take them out from where they've been captive for all those years. And just time after time, God showed that only He could do what needed to be done in order to free them. And He just showed them over and over with signs and wonders that He is the one true God. And so God is powerful so as you head into Thanksgiving this week, be thankful for God's power. And that powerful God in Exodus is the same one that Paul's writing about here in Philippians. That same powerful God who always completes His work. You know, and the people from Israel that were, you know, the Israelites who were freed from Egypt struggled to believe that God would finish what He started. And they grumbled and complained and they wandered for a long time in the desert. And so what we need to do is remember over and over, God completes his work. And be thankful for that this week, because there's a lot of things we can look at in the world and not be thankful for, right? But there's a lot of things that God reminds us over and over that we do have. It's imperative that we're thankful to Him for these things. So Paul is, is writing here in Philippians chapter 1. It's in the New Testament. It's a small letter, very encouraging letter. We're going to look at the verse 6 of chapter 1. So the sixth verse of the letter is probably the the centerpiece of the whole letter. And we're going to look at that mainly today. So if you want to memorize the verse this Thanksgiving, this is a great one to do. In fact, we did this verse on a mission trip in 2012 or 13, somewhere early on. We went to Vermont and we worked with a church plant up there and we memorized this verse together as a mission team coming from here. It was our first mission trip as a, as a church plant. So Paul is writing this letter to a church in Philippi. Philippi is in northern Greece. It's also believed that this was the first place in Europe that the gospel spread to. When the news went out, and the gospel means it's announcing there's a new king, and his name is Jesus. So Philippi is the first place that it was, it's in northern Greece, the first place that it went to. You can read about Paul's first missionary journey there in another letter that is, it's not a letter, sorry, another historical document called Acts. Acts records history, and it is written by Luke. A quick uh, little tidbit uh, Luke actually wrote more of the New Testament volume-wise than Paul did. Paul wrote 13 letters, but Luke wrote Luke and Acts, which volume-wise is a lot of information. Uh, and so uh, it's interesting. But Acts chapter 16 is where you see Paul goes into, it's pretty boring stuff. He just rides into this town and frees a woman from a demonic spirit uh, who was a slave to these people who used her for her powers and now that the powers were gone she was useless to them and so pretty ordinary stuff right you know nothing too dramatic uh he ends up in jail too so there's a lot of stuff going on but he uh you can read about that as well in chapter 16 of acts if you want to but that's philippi that's where he's writing to and he's writing to these people who probably like us you know the minority in that town right as far as faith goes there are not a lot of Christians in New York City compared to other faiths. 
there are a lot of Christians here by volume because there's a lot of people here, right? So even if you only have four to 10% Christian, you know, that's a lot of people. But as far as the percentage goes, the more interactions we have with people outside of these walls, the more apt we are to have people who have different faiths. So he's writing to this small minority and he's, and he's, he's writing this beautiful letter to them to encourage them. And he says this in chapter 1, verse 4. We'll pick up there. Or excuse me, we're going to pick up in... Uh, I'm actually going to start in verse 3 because I forgot to. Preceding this verse, it says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And then he says, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident in this, this is the main verse, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. This is a, a powerful verse. The verse right before it, it says, because of your partnership in the gospel, that word there is, is fellowship. And a lot of times it, it's also translated fellowship in some uh, translations. Sometimes we think of fellowship as that we get together and enjoy a meal, right? And we fellowship with one another, and that is one part of it. But deep fellowship is when we partner together in order to do something. And that's what Connection Church is doing. We're coming together with this partnership to connect people to Jesus and one another. That's, that's our goal going forward. And even as I step into a sabbatical season starting in December, our, our goal remains the same. And it's for us to collectively move forward in partnering together in the gospel from, from now until we can't partner anymore. But this is one of the things that we need to do as we step forward in our partnerships together is be confident that God always completes His work. His work isn't dependent on us. Now, somehow God uses us and His work through us is vital to His kingdom. But the power comes from God. The, the life-changing things that, that only He can do, He will do. And our part is to continue to have our faith in Him, to have this confident faith that, God, you're going to finish what you started. You didn't call us to set out to do this and then have us fail along the way. You're going to finish what you have started. Now, the base of this is you got to go down, forget about the collective of Connection Church, but let's talk about the individual of you. So the first point for you is this. God started a good work in you. God started a good work in you. We get this right here from this verse. The salvation that God has given through Jesus is a work that He has started. He has initiated it. It says right here, in being confident of this, that He who began a good work, He began a good work in you. He has started it. He has initiated it. He sought you out before you ever knew He existed. He set all these things up in order to draw your heart to Him, and He began a good work in you. And it's uh, good to understand that it's not just a new work in you, or, or a good work in you, but it's also this good work that makes you a new person. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul's writing another letter. wrote great letters, and I'm thankful we have them as Scripture to today. But he was writing to another group of Christians that needed a word. And he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. It's already there. It's not like, you're going to be new one day. It's come. It's here. It's arrived. The old is gone. The new is here. Now, the, work in, the working out of our salvation 
is not immediate. Our salvation is immediate. We're new immediately, but we're still trying to figure out. It's like, you ever seen a baby giraffe or a baby deer be born? They have these legs and they're just flopping around. They're trying to figure out how to walk. They don't know how to walk in those new legs yet. They've never used them before. In a lot of ways, we as Christians, we can come, we look pretty goofy trying to, trying to, you know, I believed in faith that we would do something. And it's like, well, I heard wrong on that one. We'll try again. And so there, there's the enemy trying to tear you down and to kind of to dissuade you from believing that God's going to finish what he started. But working out of your salvation, learning how to fully walk with Jesus is something that is a, a lifelong journey. But the fact that you're a new creation is something that happens in the moment. You are a new creation in Christ. And we have this because Jesus first loved us. Uh, 1 John 4, 19, we love because He first loved us. So God has started a good work in you. He started it, and He completes what He starts. He, he finishes what He begins. The second point is this. God's work in our lives, so he's, he, created a good, he started a good work in us, right? We're a new creation, but God's work in our lives is a process. I had jury duty, what, four or five, six weeks ago? I had to go Monday through Thursday, and I was dismissed Thursday at lunch because, thankfully, I wasn't chosen. I had made two new friends, Hector and Peter, and we got together... Um, Friday night, I guess, wasn't it? And because Hector was chosen to be on the jury. And so I got to find out all the juicy details as to what happened. And it took two days for them to narrow down my group of 13 potential jurors down to to three. They chose three. Took two days of lawyers asking us all kinds of questions, trying to get the right jury that they wanted. And it seemed like it was going to be a, such a complicated case. And Hector told me, he said, bro, this was so simple. I don't know why it took so long. It was a, a super, a, a bus ran into the back of a car. It was, it was open shut that the bus was following too close and couldn't stop it, hit the car. By any measure of the law, the bus was at fault. So we were talking to the lawyers afterwards and they were like, why, why did we have to do, go through all this? And he said, well, it did seem like a pretty open shut case, but we have to go through the process. They had to go through the process because the law in, in indicates because of lawsuits and damages, they had to go through the process and it took a long time and it seemed wasteful. And maybe in that case, it, it may have been. Maybe our, our legal system isn't perfect, right? It's not perfect. It's probably the best one in the world, but it's imperfect. God's Salvation is also a process, although His is perfect. I think maybe where it connects is that I am imperfect. And so God's process with me is going to look differently than you. Because we all have our different strengths and weaknesses. And so that process He works out is something He, he, cre- he creates that process for each one of us based on our choices, what's going on in our lives, the circumstances. God's working in our lives, and it's a process, something that's not going to just happen quickly and go away. And that's a good thing. But being confident of this, that he who began a good work will carry it on to completion. He will carry it on to completion. That word, carried on to completion, is translated from a a Greek word. This is all written in Greek originally and translated to English. 
from that Greek. Um, and there, the, that word for, that's used there for carrying it on to completion is also used in Galatians. And in Galatians, this is what it translates. He's talking about, are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? By bring it to completion by means of the flesh. And so he's pointing out, hey, you got this whole thing started because the Holy Spirit moved and created, made you a new creation. And now you're trying to twist that into where, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. And now I'm going to do this all by myself, by my own strength. And that's a, what you're doing is replacing the gospel and the power of God with your own false religion. And so that's not how we finished God's process. That's not how he, he works in us. What God began, God has to complete. So your dependence has to be on the Holy Spirit. And this is something that's been really fresh on me the last two days, is that there's a lot of things going on in my life that I have zero control over. Zero. And I don't like it at all. And I think some of you can, can relate to this, that there's some things in life that you wish you could fix, but you can't. And so it's an act of faith to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to just give this to you and not worry about it. Because if I'm worrying about it all the time, if it's weighing me down and burdening me, did I really give it to God? I don't think so. Because if I give it to Him and trust Him with it, shouldn't I feel like He's going to take care of it? Isn't that when I need to know that God's going to finish what He started? You started this, Lord, and you're going to finish it. God will finish what God starts. What the power of the Holy Spirit initiates in our life, it has to be perfected by the Holy Spirit as well. And God is working in that process to perfect me, to strengthen me, and to, to relieve burdens from me. It's, it's interesting. God strengthens you by removing your burdens. <laughs> Right? Like you, you, you have burdens and you, you, you think by weight training you would bring more you know, burdens on, right? More heavier weights and you would strengthen yourself that way. But God's true strength comes when He lifts those burdens off of us. We start to trust Him more with His, uh, trust Him more with our burdens. And it goes, you know, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 is another reminder. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith and it's not from yourself but is the gift of God. So God is giving us our salvation. It's by faith that He has given it to us. It's the gift of God, something He gives to us. He will finish what He started. I almost just tapped my paper. Did you see that? <laughs> to, to change the slide. It doesn't work that way. You have to tap the iPad. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, it says, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. So since we have these promises that God's going to do this, let's remove the things that are hindering us. All right? Let's step back. Let's make the choices that we have to do to purify ourselves and say, God, I'm going to work with you to remove these things of the world that maybe I want sometimes more than you, and I'm coming back to you. I'm going to purify myself from everything that contaminates my body and my spirit. God will work in our lives and it's a process, and we have to be involved in that process to do our part. The third and final one is this. God will complete His work entirely, which is great. I'm looking forward to that when Christ returns. It's going to eventually be 
a, a world that's going to be recreated and Christ will be with us living in full. And we won't have to live by faith any longer because we will see Him. And we will be with Him. We won't have to be part of this process, but we will be fully and complete in Christ in that day. And that comes, again, from Philippians 1, 6, where being confident of this, that God will finish what He started, that He, will, he who began a good work, and He is God there, in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's the day it will be completed. Um, one of the great things of, about living in the United States is you, if you're an American citizen, you have a lot of rights. Even when you go overseas, it gives you protection and certain um, advantages. And so as a Christian, there's a greater citizenship that we have. Paul writes about it later in this letter in Philippians. He says, For our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under control, He will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body, never to see decay again. These bodies see decay. It's flu season right now. And I know some of, I don't know if some of you have had it, but I know some of you have been sick recently. Um, and we're probably going to get sick some during these next few months. That's what, that's what happens. And one day we won't have to worry about these lowly bodies suffering from sickness and pain. I, went, I, I, I can't, I mean, I guess I could, but I like to bicycle and, uh, and I cycle. Should I call it a cycle? I'm a, I like to cyclist. I like to bicycle. I like to ride my bicycle. Um, so I want to ride my bike. And so um, now I want to sing the whole song, but I'm not. Uh, but it's, in the wintertime, it's, it's, it's cold. And it, especially because you're going like 15, 20 miles an hour. It's just wind just going really strong. So I was like, you know, yesterday I'm going to start. I'm going to run. I'm going to start running. I'm going to start slow. So I left the house, uh, figured out how to get my watch to my Bluetooth, which was pretty cool. Still got to figure out how to change the volume on it, but uh, I'm learning. It's a process. It's a process. It's, I know I tried. It didn't work. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's not an Apple product, so maybe that's why it wasn't seamless. Yeah, they come after you. So uh, I I started going and I I jogged a little bit about a block and I was like, all right, I'm tired. I'm gonna walk. And so I walked and I was like, I can jog again. So I jogged again. Then I I'm tired again. So I walked. And uh, so I just did that. But then I got almost to the track, the park, and I realized like the back part of my, like below the calf above my heel was like strained and hurting. I'm like, oh man, the, I don't think it's the Achilles. Or as the guy on Wheel of Fortune said, the Achilles. Yeah. Do you see that? This, yeah. Uh, I don't think it was my Achilles, but it was the, some tendons in there. And it, it, it really hurt. Um, I was like, oh man, first time I'm, I'm messing this up. I started too fast. So I just took it carefully, whatever. Anyway, I was like, tomorrow I'm going to wake up. It's going to be terrible. But it didn't. It, I feel fine. So, but I, I stopped. I didn't push myself. And so in our Christian walk, we don't want to push ourselves either too far. Sometimes we think we have something we have to prove to God. But we don't. There's a song that was, I was listening to as I was... <laughs> literally take it one step in front of the other, but it talked about take one step in front of the other. I, I, I wish I could remember it, uh, which song it was, but it, that was the line. Just, just slow down, take one step in front of the other. One step in front of the other. It's a process. You don't have to go out and run a, a marathon. You don't run a marathon in one day, right? You don't train for that in one day. It's a long process. I'm not trying to do a marathon, by the way. Uh, but little by little, I would like to, to gain strength. And little by little, trust the process, because one day... Christ is going to return, 
and we're going to be like His glorious body. We won't have these aches and pains. We won't have the aches and pains of the process. John chapter, excuse me, 1 John, which is toward the end of the New Testament, chapter 3, verse 2, reads this, or says this, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. What a wonderful promise to know that God is going to finish what He started in you. He always does. You are not the exception. You are the rule. He will finish what He started in you. Be confident of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen? All right, let's pray. Lord, we want to thank You so much for Your promise that You will complete what You've started every time. So may we find Your promises here in Your Word today. May we find them throughout the Word. When we see Your promises, Lord, may we trust them to be true, knowing that You're the God who always delivers right on time. We love You. We bless You. May our hearts truly worship You. In Jesus' name, amen.